Uh, I'm, I'm still talking about the second chapter on page, uh, on page, uh, page 126. Okay. All right. Um, welcome to the fourth, the fourth in the installment of of uh, prophetic vision in the 21st century. The message of Nevi'im Rishonim, the story uh, of the book of Shoftim. The series will focus on how Shmuel Anovi, the author of the book of, of, uh, of Shoftim, sent us many messages in our time. Um, the, the series is dedicated to Zeha Nishmas, Arav Yerachmiel, Ben Avram Meir, Mishana Shed, Hav, and Aliyah. Okay, so uh, we, were, we were discussing, we, we were discussing last week um, uh, what, what I consider uh, one of the most unique directions in Tanakh. Um, what makes it what, what makes it unique is that um, Tanakh is made up of multifaceted of stories, and each story has some some kind of lesson for us to for us to learn. So so, uh, but yet never in any safer it now shocked him as I as I discussed. Safer shocked him as has uh, one really theme uh, that runs throughout the Sefer. The theme that runs throughout the Sefer is the idea that, that B'nai Yisrael goes off the derech, sins, worships idols, intermarries, um, and then the enemy comes and persecutes until they realize that this is not working for them so well. And then, um, and then the shofet comes, the, you know, the tshuva, the shofet comes, the enemy, they, they fight away the enemy, and they and it goes away. But never do you find in any Sefer that the Navi, the author of the Sefer, tells you that story before the story happens. And in most instances, the, the Navi plays out the story through the story. And then whatever message that you need to, whatever takeaway message that you need to, to take away, you get from the story. But here, and I, and I, and I mentioned this last week, uh, Moshe Dayan said in 67, he said, after they destroyed, after, after they destroyed the, uh, the Israeli Air Force, uh, the Egyptian Air Force, so, so he said the war was won, now we just have to fight it. And, and, and at a certain level, that's what Shmuel Hanavi did. He says, he says, here's the war, but now let me tell you the story. And, and, and to me, that was a, a unique uh, uh, structure and a unique design of the Sefer, uh, where you don't find that in any other Sefer. Yes, we know that Yeshayahu is mostly about Korban, Yahu is mostly about Korban. And, and, and you, get a, a, um, you get that sense in the beginning of the Sefer, where you know, we read the Chazon, the Haftorah, and uh, Erev Tishabov, and, and uh, Yumiyahu begins the Sefer, Mitzafon Tipatach HaRa'av, the first Haftorah of the three weeks, uh, where, where where he describes how evil is co is coming from the north. So so if you look closely at the each sefer, you know, you get an understanding of what's what, what's going to happen. But nowhere do you find where the where the navi actually writes the story. He tells you the story. He tells you what's going to happen, and and then later he tells you the real story. And to me, that's that's very shocking. So I, I want to show that. I want to show that to you. Uh, how how this plays out, and then I, then I want to share a little bit. I want to share a little bit insight into why I think Shmuel Hanovi uh, did this. So I just uh, I just want to go back to one thing that I mentioned last week at the end because uh, I mentioned it kind of quickly. 
Uh, when Yoshua died, it says they were not masked him correctly. They did not say eulogies properly. And that, to me, that was a indication of a of a already down downward slide of a generation where they had a, a tremendous leader. I, I mentioned the Gemara that Yoshua is compared to the moon. Moshe to the sun, Yeshua to the moon, and they were unable to uh, recognize the tremendous loss that um, they, they were unable to, to recognize the, the tremendous loss that the generation suffered, and they didn't give proper hasbeidim. And it's very important, hasbeidim are a very important part of, of the halacha. The halacha says that, that when, a, when a person dies, he's supposed to give proper hasbeidim. Uh, there's a machokis in the Gemara, whether Hespedim is Kavod Achayim or Kavod Ames, uh, or, or, or what I think is so, somewhere in the middle. On one hand, it's Kavod Ames, obviously, but it's also Kavod Achayim. But people should, uh, and the goal, the goal of any Hesped is that we're supposed to look at people's actions, and we're supposed to look at, at, at see how they live their lives and say, wow, they live their lives that way, that, then we can, live, we can live our lives too. Too, too often. Too often we look at Chazal and we look at uh, stories in Novi and, and we forget the most important lesson that a lot of these people were regular people just like me and you. And, 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 and if they're, because if they're, if they're super people, that, then okay, then you, know, then you could write them off. But, but if, if you realize, you know, we'll talk about Gidon in a couple of weeks. Gidon was a push of the guy. He was the youngest child in a family. He didn't think of himself as too much. And, and he becomes a, a great leader, which is also a theme in the Sefer, that, that, that the Yeshua in Am Yisrael comes from, from a lot of, 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 different, of different places. And, and that's, that's an important idea. So, so already, they, so already they, they lost their, their connection to Yeshua by not, by not telling the people of the next generation, we lost a great leader. This great leader wanted us to liberalize a certain way. And maybe, maybe, maybe if I could, if I could suggest that the lack of eulogizing Yeshua probably was part of the downfall of the next generation it led because, because, because they didn't properly set the standard of what, of what, how Yeshua wanted us to live his life. Remember we discussed at the beginning how Yeshua had a meeting with the Jewish people and he, uh, and, and, and in his meeting of, of the Jewish people, he, and he says, you know, you got to pick a way of life. And, and, and the people were very clear, you know, we, oh, Shalom, we, we want to live a proper life, we want to do all of those things. And, and when he died, that message went into the grave. And, and, and perhaps the reason was because of the lack of proper hespedim. You know, the people, if you were to, you know, the 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 writes that you're supposed to you're supposed to say things that it's that breaks the heart, that brings a person to tears. Uh, and by doing now, what what brings a person to tears? We talked a little bit about that last week. Well, uh, uh, when when you hit them on the inside, that that brings out the tears. When you when you hear a moving story, or you hear some, or you hear, uh, 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 you know, I, I was watching on Tisha B'Av. Um, uh, this is a tremendous guy out there of your old. He tells really a tremendous story, and, and you know, and some of the stories are just you know just a, 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 absolutely moving and how people ended up certain places and fell into place and things happened that, that, that were benefit back because of certain people's behaviors, you know, and, and I think that's a sad, sad, sad account 
of of the of the people of, of this uh, of this generation. Now, here's where Shmuel tells the story of the book, and I think again, as, as, as not to believe the point, I think it's unique. Plus a good out on page one. If you're in the art school, it's on page one twenty six. It's paraphrase plus a good out, chapter two, verse eleven. Now listen to the story. By B'nei Yisrael did what was, was bad in the eyes of Hashem. Now, I, I want to uh, uh, point out, this phrase might be, sadly, the most common phrase for all in Tanakh. Um, uh, very often it says, uh, now, now often that phrase is attributed to kings. Um, it says, Vayas, uh, whoever, Hara B'nei Hashem. Right. Uh, um, now, on the same time, the Novi also says uh, many times, when you learn Sefer Malachim, you see that the witness test is over the middle. The kings behaved a certain way. But here, here in Sefer Shoftim, the common theme is by Now, remember, we spoke last week, what led them to serve Baal, which was which was the name of uh, idolatry, was the fact that they didn't chase out the Canaan. The lack, the, the lack of chasing out the, the Canaan, the illusion that, that they could live peacefully among the Canaan and, and have uh, beneficial lives and have spiritual lives, were not them. And, and that's what happened. It says that they 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 left. Um, it says they, they forsake Tasha. Very, very important. Um, Eretz Mitzrayim, Itzias Mitzrayim, always plays a center role in this sefer. The Navi is because remember, it's only a, it's only a, it's only it's only a, um, a gen, it's only two gen, it's only one generation away from people who actually saw it. But it's two generations from the event. Like most people, most people who went out of Mitzrayim were two generations earlier. But remember Yoshua and Kaleb and, and and the women and the Levim and all those people were there. They started. So we're really we're really only one generation away from the people that that saw Yitzias Mitzrayim. So Yitzias Mitzrayim. Right. Anyone under twenty or over sixty, and there are, there might be still alive. Right. Right. But, and Shevet Levi and women and, and all of the and, and all, all of those people. So the Novi, and we're going to see this a number of times in this Sefer, the Novi drives home. Guys, remember God took you out of Egypt? Remember that? Right? And they went after foreign gods. So they bowed down to idols and they, and they angered Hashem. Now I, I want to I want to mention very, very, very strongly that that idolatry does not idolatry is here now. Remember, we spoke about how an is for all generations. There's plenty of idolatry in this generation. Anyone doesn't think uh, uh, anything that keeps you away from Avodas Hashem is idolatry. If you're so hyper focused on something, and you're going to pick that over, let's say, going to shul, or pick that over davening, or pick that over keeping Shabbos. But I, if I I'm a halal, this Shabbos, I'll make more money. Oh, that's the idolatry. That's, uh, and that's by Yahisu as Hashem. It also represents a, a tremendous act of faith. It represents that, that you don't believe. When the Gemara says, uh, when we're coming up to it, when the 
Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah that Hashem sets up Parnassah, Suvim Rav Kol Hashanah, and Rosh Hashanah on Rosh Hashanah. Now, we don't know what that is. So, so if you hit the lotto and you win $10 million, that means Hashem could on Rosh Hashanah that you're going to win $10 million. So it's not, it's not arbitrary. But I'm saying, but if when you steal or, or you or you think you're going to get, you know, you know, all these people, insider tradings and all these things that people do. Yeah, Shoma Shabbos, they kept everything, the Bible, the palace over their head, all of that. But they had no amuna. Because when you, when you, when you, when you do these things, what, you, what you're really saying is that you don't believe that Hashem provides you. And, and, and even though, of course, you have to make your hishtavos. Obviously, parnosha doesn't mean you sit in your house and the money's going to land at your doorstep. Uh, you make an investment, and uh, you make an investment, and the investment explodes. And uh, well, yes, but you had to make the investment. You had to have. Uh, most of us don't do that ourselves. We have people that do it for us. You know, I and I have a guy in Chase that, that, that plays with my uh, retirement account. You know, in Baruch Hashem, he played with it pretty well. Whatever, whatever was lost in Corona, all the way back. It's come all. It's come all the way back. Exactly. I'm at the number that it was when it started. And it's come all the way back. And, and, you know, you, you know, so, so you have to have a muna. You have a muna that Hashem does 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 provide, and, and, and that's part of a vodizara. When you when you when you take your focus away from a Hashem, when you think that doing other things but to serve Hashem is better, that's called a vodizara. Sports can be a vodizara for people. Uh, uh, all kinds of things that people, internet, uh, uh, or, or, or worse things. Anyway. So Hashem got angry at the Jewish people, or will get angry in this Sefer. Uh, now, he could say it in past tense because, the, because he wrote the book after it happened. So, by name the Yad Shosim. Shosim are, are plunderers, are, are, are those that persecute, uh, those that, uh, those that uh, you know, that, that do, do uh, bad things. Very interesting term. Hashem sold them. We were sold out. You know why? We were sold out because we didn't keep our end of the bargain. So Hashem sold us out. So, so, and, and they couldn't, they couldn't, uh, uh, they, they couldn't stand up to the, to the enemy. Uh, no matter what they did, they, you know, they, they were, they were in trouble. Now, and then the pastor said, Chol Every endeavor they went out to, Yad Hashem Bam Hashem's hand was against them. Mesudas David says, That wherever they went out to war, they fell. They, they, they were destroyed. If you remember, Devarim uh, um, uh, and Shlach talked about the Chetam Hamapilim, right? It says that. He says that, that after the after Moshe told the Bnei Israel that they're going to be stuck in the desert for 40 years, so there was a group of people that came out and says, no, 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 we're sorry, we're sorry. We're, we're sorry, we're going to go capture the land. And, 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 and it says, over there it says that Hashem is not going to be with them. Don't, don't fool before your enemies. But that's what happened here, but they didn't listen. And they caused them a, a, a lot of pain. So, so that, that's what happened. And, and, that, and, that, and that's the story in, in this book.
Now what then what happened? Uh, so Vayitzer Lahem Laod means that they felt the pain. So now what's said in this in this paper is that sometimes it took them a long a, a long time till they felt the pain. Sometimes it took 18 years. Sometimes it took seven years. So that, that like, like it, it's just amazing how <laughs> Jewish people telling people, uh, but it's 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 amazing how long it took them to uh, to um, realize that you know you have you have to turn to Shemaim. You know one of one of, one of the uh, the great things that Shmuel Anovi did, did in his lifetime, not just in writing this book, was that that he he showed the Jewish people. How things are in Shemaim. So there's a famous uh, nevuah where Shmuel gathers the people, and it's like the middle of the summer, and, and, and he makes it rain in the middle of the summer. It never rains in Eretz Yisrael during the summer. I mean, never. And, and and he makes it rain. And, and and his message to them is that if you serve Hashem, Hashem will provide, even miraculously. And, and but but if you turn away from Hashem, then things are, things are not going to be good. So now. Vayakem Hashem Shoftim, Hashem established Shoftim. Vayoshiyom, and the Shoftim were the salvation. As, as the Mesudah David says, The purpose of the Shoftim was to save them from the enemy. And also their role was to tell the people to do tshuva, to return to Hashem, and, and if you and, and the Sudat David says that the role of the Shofet was a dual role. Number one, it was to be uh, uh, General Grant. It was to be the, the head of the army. They were to lead the army. But at the same time, there was a message that the Shoftim had to leave on the people. You know, it's you know, it's interesting. We'll see by Devora. It says that that it says that Devora um, sat and judged the people. So, so Toysus and Shavuos uh, asked the question, um, Allah is a woman can't be a shofet. Uh, so how, how is it that, 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 that she did it? So Toysus gives two answers. So we'll mention when we get to go. Uh, uh, one answer was, was that if, if I have a dispute over, with you over money, so I don't have to go to Basin. I can go to anybody I want. Uh, I can come to, if, I think you, if I think the army is smarter than anybody else I know, I'm going to go to, we'll, we'll go to Arnie, and Arnie's going to decide, you're high or you're not high. So that's what they did. They, they had such admiration for her, and they saw her wisdom, that they went to her. Uh, the, the, the other answer was that, that, that her role was to, to, to teach the people to spread Torah, to, to teach, to put the people on the Derech HaYashar. It wasn't so much that she was judging as in court cases, but she was, she was telling the people that, she was giving them judgment, saying to them, listen, you want to have a Kaddish Baruch Hu's positive judgment? Get the positive uh, and, and so, so when the, when when the um, when the Shofet came, it wasn't just that he he, left, he came out of West Point. It, it was it was it was he it was a, a dual role that he had that, that that the message was that he had to show the people, you know, how this is going to go down. You know, it's going to be interesting. We'll see by Gidon that uh, one of the things that he does he gathers ten people. Uh, why, why does he gather 10 people? So Mepharshim point out, because he wanted to create a Kiddush Hashem. And, and, and the ultimate Kiddush Hashem is Tzibor, the uh, Basara. Right? That's why on Hanukkah and on, on Hanukkah we like Menorah and Shul. Are you wondering why we like Menorah and Shul on Hanukkah? It makes no sense. Nobody's Yotzei with Hanukkah, Candace, and Shul. Nobody. It's not Yotzei at all. Near Yishu Beisos, Tomorrow says. 
The answer is because because publicizing the miracle is significant. And, and you make Kiddush Hashem, and ten people come together, and 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 they, and they talk and they extol a Kodesh miracles. So the, show, the the role of the shofar was to extol Kodesh Baruch and the role of the shofar was was through the war as well to say, listen, if you guys hold the line, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna create a, a miracle. Get done with was we'll, we'll see. We went with 300 men against tens of thousands. Unbelievable story. And 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 that's and that's what the Novi says here. Uh, the Novi says the God. That, that that was their role that they would they would save them from the shofar. But what happened when the shofar died? They didn't listen to Sarumahir, meaning they died. Uh, the, the shofar died. They went right back to to where they were. The, the, the shofar was ineffective in, in, in again in the same way that as soon as Yeshua died, the the message went south. So too um, the message was was right away. As soon as the shofar died, there was they, they no longer. Now I was wondering. You were talking about that they weren't masked Yeshua. Maybe the same thing happened. It doesn't say that, but but maybe that idea is what. Again, just to, I don't want to believe this point, but what's the goal of a Hesped? The goal of the Hesped is that, is that look at them, we should do the same. That's the goal, really the goal of the Hesped. If someone is a big Baal Sadaq or a big Baal Chesed or, or, or he went through Shas uh, 40 times, so, so we should aspire to, uh, to do that. You know, that's, that's ultimately the goal. It's not just to extol the praise of the Mace, which is part of the Halacha, but, but it's also, it, it's supposed to be an inspirational experience. Like, like, like a Levaya is supposed to be an inspirational experience. And really, you're supposed to walk out and say, "What a person! Like, what a tremendous loss!" And and and, and that's the goal. And maybe that didn't happen. Maybe not only just with Yoshua. Maybe maybe Shmuel was telling us a, a a hinted message. It wasn't just that Yoshua that weren't masked properly, but every shofar when they die. And we're, and we're gonna the Navi almost says he almost says it in, the, in those words as that when the Navi left, there was no. We're gonna see. We're gonna see the story of Gidon. Gidon does this tremendous thing, and, and the people don't care. They don't even have hakaras at all for him. But you'll see. Yiftach, this book gets worthless. So what? Anyway, um, so so that's what happens. The chayikim Hashem laham shoftim, vayah Hashem im hashofei, vehoshiyam niyarevehem. He says, when Hashem made put a shofei in his place. So then what happened to the shofar? So he saved them from the enemies. Oh, you may have But one thing, one thing the shofar, them, and to their credit, while they were alive, they kept, they, they held the line. Maybe with glue and scotch, maybe with a light amount of glue and scotch tape, but they held the line. Meaning that once the war was over, and once the, once the enemies were defeated, and there was the sense of quiet, so we'll see, there were different numbers sometimes, 40 years sometimes. 80 years of that, different amounts of time, it was quiet. Meaning that B'nai Yisrael uh, quasi were serving Hashem. Uh, they were, certainly weren't worshiping idols during, during the time of the Shofar. And it could be, and the Nobody does not tell us this story, but after the war, uh, maybe the Shofar did go around and tell people, listen, uh, you, you know, this happened. Uh, uh, and listen, we're going to see the Nobody certainly tells that story to the Shofar. 
and, and it's it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, uh, kids in school like to ask me this this question. Why didn't they get it? <laughs> like, like why do they have to keep reading the same story? Why didn't they just get it already? Great question. When, when the Shofet dies, they, they, would, they, would, they would go back into the destructive ways. You know, I, I, I have this theory about, you know, what, why people like go off the derech and whatever. To, to, to me, uh, I think it's the easiest thing to get rid of. Because in, because in your narrow vision, you don't think there's any consequence. Right? Okay. You know, thank God in our religion, Akash Baruch doesn't send lightning bolts down every time we do something wrong. Because if we did, we'd all be in trouble. <laughs> so... I'm saying so. So there is a perception that by by not by not observing the Torah, there are no consequences. Ah, so I don't keep shop. What's going to happen? A lot of things are going to are going to happen. And, and and then you know you know, uh, uh, you know there's a story. Uh, I tell one of the friend tells the story. I don't know which book. Uh, anyway, she tells the story of the of, of the family who uh, one of the kids was was about to marry an Andrew. And they came to the rabbi, and they said to the rabbi, and they said, you know, help us. So the, <laughs> the rabbi said to them, he said to them, he said, you know, you know, all these years, you didn't have the proper respect, you didn't observe, you didn't, you, you didn't do, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. He says, what, do you want for, what am I supposed to do for you now? Like, what message did you send to your children that, that they shouldn't do this? And, uh, you know, I, I think I told this story, I got a call from a parent about, uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Why doesn't my kid daven on Sunday? So I said to them, I said, do you daven on Sunday? That's the first question I said. It was after your parents I was close with. So I could talk that way. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying I, I said to them, I, I was very straight. I said, you, you, you live in a community where davening is de-emphasized. Davening is de-emphasized. It is not fair to expect your kid to be better than you. On the other hand, if, if, if you show them, or, or and, and I happen to know that in that case, the, the, the husband was in Avelis and was fetching every day that he had to go to Minyan to say Kaddish. I said, that attitude resonates with children. They know that you're not happy to go to Shul in the morning, and, and or, or Mincha or Amarav, or, 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 or whatever, whatever it is. And, and that attitude resonates. And, 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 and it says, <laughs> They did not subtract, they did not move away they, from their path that they had set. Because they were locked in into this bad way and it has an impact. It makes a difference to, you, to your children. You know, I, went, you know, I, went, I was once at a, a, a meeting. We, we, had a, we had a tough group of kids. It was kind of easy. I know it was an eighth and a half. It was got to be 15 years ago. We had a very tough group of kids. And and anyway, to the point that we needed to have extra meetings with parents and things like that. It was one of those years. These kids were a little overprivileged and a little bit challenged. Anyway, so we're having this meeting and I'm listening to what people are saying back and forth. So finally, I said to the, I said to the parents, I said, I said, I'm looking across this room. I see at least three or four people sitting in this room for dinner chairs of either the shul or the school dinner. One of them you were at. I said to them, I said, did you ever sit down with the children and explain to them why you're putting in 97 hours on, on a show dinner 
or a school dinner. I said, you assume that, they, that, that that lesson resonates with them. It does not. You have to teach them that lesson. You have to, you have to sit down with them and say, you know what, the shul is a very important part of our lives and, and we have to raise money for the shul and we have to make a nice dinner and we have to do all, 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 all of those things. There is, there is, a, there is a concept of, of learn by example. That, that's, that's the most important. I, I, to me, that's the most important. Role modeling is obviously the best. But, but we can't always assume that the message will it always gets through unless you have a conversation. It, 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 you know, yes, when, when, when your child knows that you're a shear, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, uh, daddy or mommy goes to a shear, yes, that has a, that's a very powerful lesson. Um, someone on one of the Dafyomi videos says yeah, that, 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 you know, that my child goes, this is where I am at this hour every night. That's a very powerful lesson. But you also have to tell that to your kids. You also have to explain to your kids that, that you know, um, you know, there's, there's a Torah and we have to learn it and we have to live it and we have to, um, you know, when a tzedakah call comes into your house and you want to give a donation, explain to them. Uh, if you give a do uh, my daughter came home from, uh, she wanted some, <laughs> wanted a prize they were doing for High Lifeline. So, so, so you know, so I, I gave her a check. I said, I, 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 you know, <laughs> so she didn't get up on time that morning and my wife was like, why are you giving her that? So she should get the prize. I said, what am I going to do? I'll give her money for my life. She got up late. So I can let her know that Chai Lifeline is, a, is an important organization. And, 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 and he gives the doctor. And I think that that, that lesson was, met, was missed in this whole generation. They didn't, they didn't see their role models. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't eulogize them. They didn't, they didn't teach their children to look at these people. Um, they, the the Shoftim, when they died, there was no, there was no, there was no leftover. There was no message that was that was passing, and it says that they were stuck in their ways. Esprit, see, he said, he said, he said, because you, you violated my promise, I should see this. He says, and Hashem says, you know what's going to happen now? I'm not going to do anything to help you. You're going to, you're going to, now you're going to learn, now you're going to learn the hard way. Yeah, the, the Mishnah in Perkyalos tells the story, famous story of Yosi ben Kisma. It's in the end of the sixth. It's almost at the end of the Masechta. Um, the story was that that Yosi ben Kisma met a certain individual, and and, and, the, and the individual says, "Would you like to Would you like to live with us and be the rub? You wanted Yosi ben Kisma uh, to be to be the rub. So anyway, so so we, and, and and the guy said to him. He said, he says, if I, he says, if I, if I, if you come and live with us, I need I'm going to pay you an unbelievable salary. You're going to have a, you're going to have a salary and a big house and it's going to be unbelievable. Uh, you, you, you'll be, you'll be taken care of for life. So Rabbi Yossi says, no. He says, why? So he says, because he says, He says that I don't care how much you're giving me, but I know your town is not a place for Torah, it's not a place that respects Torah. Um, and he said, therefore I can't I can't live in that place. Now 
I, I understand the challenge of turning down a a uh, you know a half a million dollar salary to to be the love of the show. Uh, it's a quite a you know it's quite a a, a challenge. Uh, you know, you know, in Kiruv today, they'll say, you know, the the, the Babishrevi would have said you should go there and then you should uh, you should create. I don't think that's the message of the mission. I I, I, I think the mess. So so there's a famous hint that Rabbi Salvechik gave Hetzerim to certain Rabbanim um, to go to conservative shuls um, in the 60s and 70s on one condition. The condition was that you have to set a, a line in the dirt. Um, at that point, if, if the shul is willing to put up a machitza by a certain point, it wasn't like any day, it was like over a few years, um, then you're allowed to, then you're allowed, then, then okay. If, if they say no, then you have to leave the shul. But that was the hefter, that, uh, that hefter has been distorted, but that is the hefter. Many people were witness to that hefter, we'll, we'll tell you that story. What? Uh, yeah, we were sitting in a room that, that, that happened. Um, there are many, um, there's, uh, there's, there's a man named David Littman. Uh, David Littman was, is a famous uh, a Supreme Court case. He wrote a book called The Case for the Mechitza. Um, anyway, there was a famous, you know, in the 50s and 60s when all the shuls were turning conservative and reform. So there was a, a shul in Michigan uh, that he, David Littman was part of the shul. And, and it was in the charter of the shul that they must remain orthodox. That was said that in the charter, that they're not allowed to go conservative or reform. So of course the shul, they, they voted to go conservative or reform. So so he fought it. Uh, he fought it as far. Went the case went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled in his favor. The Supreme Court said that if the charter said you can't move away, that the shul has to remain orthodox. You have to remain. It, it was a legal thing. They said they said they have a charter, and the charter is a legal document, and and, and they upheld it. Anyway, so he wrote a book called uh, the Case for the Machitza. Uh, and in the book, he, he talks about, he has like newspaper clippings, uh, including this show. There's a newspaper, he has a copy of the newspaper clipping from 1986, I think, when the show put up in Mokhitsa. Uh, and then it was the article in the Jewish press how the show became, you know, officially orthodox. And he, and he talks about all the shuls in America that turned over from conservative to, to orthodox. So, so that's so. I'm saying my, my point is is that is that and, and the Lubavitcher Rebbe was a very, very very big strong believer in that. That if you could make a, a difference and turn people into the right direction, then that's that's not called that's not what Rabbi Yossi Ben Kismar was saying. Uh, a friend of mine, a friend of mine told me told me this story. Um, there was a certain place where there was a, a, a particular job opening, and, and I had suggested to to a friend of mine who was he was an administrator that he. I said to him, he had, gone, he had moved out to California. I said, maybe you want to come back to New York. His parents were here. Uh, his whole family was here. I said, maybe you want to come back and take that job. And he said to me, the, he said to me, the Rabbi Yossi Ben Kisma answer. He said to me, he says, I know this place. I know this place very well. I grew up in that place. It's not a place that's willing to grow. He says, and I don't want to be, I, I, can't, I can't take a job in a community that's not willing to grow. And, and, and growth and, and, but growth could be in, it's supposed, usually is in small steps. There have to be in tiny steps. Uh, you know, you know, we may see a mishas in the shul, but Hashem, I don't think I would have imagined that 11 years ago. But, uh, but, but it's beautiful, the shul is a beautiful place. You have to, you have to, um, you, you have to grow. And, and what we also Kisma says, you have to evaluate the situation. If the situation is a place where you're not going to grow, so he said, I'm not going to go there. And, 
And, and what happened here in the Novi was they, they not only weren't they willing to grow, but they went the wrong direction. And I think part of that starts. The Gemara says uh, we just read, we just said Tishabov, the Chorba Yushalayim El El Elo Shavodah Vukavo the Tamidei Chacham. Right? It says that they they didn't show proper respect to to Tamidei Chacham. So I, I think here that the message of the Shofei was lost in the people, and 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 they forgot. And Hashem said, you know what? Therefore, I'm not going to help you. And and the Goyim that you decided to to leave around you is going to be a trap for you, and they're going to stay here. And, and, and they're going to be a test. And, and if you fall into their trap, then you're going to be in trouble. And if you, and if you could rise above them, uh, listen, David Amalek ultimately realized this. You know, it took a long time. David Amalek realized this. He says, you know, David Amalek understood very, very well. And as I'll tell us, he himself wanted to build the base on the but couldn't because he got wars. Um, David Amalek understood that the only way this enterprise called the Jewish people was going to be successful, he said, is if I clear out the land. He said, we can't have Canaanites living among us. We can't have the Amoris living among us. And he did. And he got rid of everybody. He said, this is it. Not only did he get rid of everybody, he expanded the borders. He created buffer zones that the enemies couldn't even come. And, and, and from the time of David to the end of Shlomo's life, well, it was, you see, to the end, he went from the first of 12 Prochem of Sefer Malachim, he did not hear about an enemy of the Jewish people. Uh, only at the end of Shlomo's life, when he starts to lose it a little bit. That's what the first time you hear about enemies. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, that was about 40 years where it was like not a, not a sound from an enemy of the Jewish people. And David Amel understood that. He said that, that they, we're going to build the base of Midrash. So we're going to serve Hashem. People have to be out as, as, as the Nebuah describes. Sit under your vine tree. Sit under your, uh, uh, you, know, under, uh, you know, on the field and, and be happy and learn Torah and do all, all of those things. This generation missed that point and Hashem says, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to help them until uh, they, till they come around. But at the same time, at the same time, he's going to leave, the Goyim are going to be traps, but at the same time, Hashem always, always comes and helps us. Uh, um, there, there is a promise to Abraham that, that he's never going to totally forsake us. Sometimes, sometimes it's hest upon him. Sometimes he's, he, sneaks in, he sneaks into the story and, and, and you have to look for him like in the story of Purim. Or sometimes, like in Gidon, when there's a 300 versus 10,000, uh, that, that he's really there. So, well, that, anyway, so that, that, that's so the message that, that Shmuel was sending in this parak is the following. He said, he said, he said, he said to the people of his generation, he said, I want to paint you a picture of what happened the last 350 years. He said, I don't need to tell you every story, but I'm going to tell you the story. The story. Right, right. He says, I'm going to write a book and you're going to be able to read all the details of all the stories. But before, before you misread those stories, I'm going to tell you the story. And the story is you had a generation that just didn't want to serve Hashem. And, 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 and every promise, it, it was, you know, there were so many deals that Hashem promised Avram, we come to Eretz Yisrael, and, and the goal was to serve Hashem. And they didn't. And, and, and I want, and Shmuel said, I'm going to, and that's the story. And that's why he writes Perak Beis. It's, it's, it's a unique Perak. Never, never does the Melby tell the story before it happened. But he felt the need to tell, because, because he felt that in order for his generation to turn in the direction that he needed it to turn, because maybe in some, uh, even before it happened, he knew he was going to, in his hands were going to be the, uh, the kings of Israel. 
uh, literally as, as his hands anointed the kings of Israel, um, he knew that he had to set the groundwork for them. And the only way was to, was to write this sacred and tell them the real story and say, here's the, the story. Let me, let me teach you Peric Bays first. Learn the story. After you learn the story, then I'll tell you the details of what really happened. And, 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 and I think, that I, I, really, I really believe, uh, again, this is a little bit my own drush, but I really believe that, that it had, he was able to take this book and use it, and give us Rus as well, uh, and use it to any impact of the Jewish people. And, and, and again, I, I, I described to you, he was a great person. He was a, a, he was a lovable person. He was, he, he, besides Aaron Cohen, he's the only person in Tanakh that says that they had his spade in every city. Shmuel and Ovi died, every city had his spade. It was a, it was a, a tremendous loss. Uh, it really, and I, I, I don't say lightly when I say a thousand times, say one of the great people that was a walk this earth. But he wanted to tell them the story. And he sat down with them and they had chalk and kobo or they had lattes. And, and he said, let me tell you the story. And you, you decide, you pick. Like he didn't tell them what to do. He says, you pick. But he said, but, but, but he said, but then he, but then he said, do it for the Gipper. Do it for me. And, and because he had such a connection with the people, the people wouldn't. And, and that's why I believe he, write, he writes this very unique story. And I think it's really a unique story. So that's, that's the story of Pericles. So we'll, we'll stop here a little bit. Uh, um, okay. okay, so this is important. What does that mean? So these are the Goyim. So the Nobu tells us that, that the Goyim were there as a as a test, as a witness to see if the Jewish people were behaved. And so who are these Goyim? But, and and it, it says that B'nai Yisrael did not know Milchamos Kenan. What does it mean, Milchamos Kenan? It means they didn't know the miracles of, of, of the wars. And it meant that now they're going to have to do wars the old, the old fashioned way. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says, L'nasos Bamas Yisrael. These goyim are here to test the Jew, to test the Jewish people. A store do as It's the generation that did not know uh, the war of Canaan. The and they did not see the great uh, act that Hashem did for the Jewish people. The Heimaru, Heimaru means they they they. they they turned away from religion. Right? You, you take Hegdish and you, uh, you benefit from Hegdish because you don't respect that it's, that you don't respect the sanctity of it. So, uh, so, and, so here, and Rashi says, they didn't know. What does it mean they didn't know? They didn't realize that they had to, uh, that they didn't need weapons. What does it mean? So we look at Masud Dastavit, he says, He says, this is a great word, Yaskilu. He says, the only way that they're going to be successful is if Yaskilu. Know what word Yaskilu is? Safer. He says, if, if, they, if they can look at the story 
of the Nochomos Kenan. If they could look at the story of Yeshua, and, they, and, and you, know, you, know, you know, as much as we're a feeling religion, we're also an intellectual religion. Like, like, like you wake up in the morning and you, and you see the miracles of Hashem. That's, that's, that's the use of, uh, of our intellect. We look outside and we say, wow, how, how, how could there be such a world? How could there be such things? How could the, the trees rise? How could the sun rise? How, how could all of these things happen? Lamanya skilu, Mr. Dostovic says, if they could look, look, read the story, learn the story of Sefer Yoshua, and then they could intellectualize it. And say, wait a second. The only, this, uh, and what's the intellectualization? Yad Hashem. The, the criminal. And, and, and they'll say, there's only one way we could explain the story. The story is that Hashem helped us. And, and, and that, that was what lacking, the yaskilu, the, the seichel. They, didn't, they weren't able to intellectualize to teach them war, because the Goyim were left there, that they will fight them, they're going to have to make spears, and they're going to have to make uh, uh, bows and arrows, and tanks, and machine guns, right? What happened before that? In the time of Yeshua, it was, they came with their with their chariots and with their uh, uh, with their horses, but we came in the name of Hashem. Not 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 no longer. That punishment was they had to learn how to make the weapons. That Hashem fought their fought their battles, and because Hashem fought their battles, then then they were. They were able to success. He says, what's the goal? He says, the goal is when they'll see how difficult it is to win a war, the old-fashioned way, without divine intervention, and they'll, and they'll realize that, my God, there's a fierce enemy out there. How are we going to defeat the fierce enemy? And then the so they'll, come, they'll make a full turn, and they'll realize that that without the Yad Hashem, we, 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 we can never we can never be uh, successful. And, and that's a very important. I want to leave with, I want to leave you with that point for this week. That that the Masud David says it's not just enough that they had to feel and they had to believe in Hashem, but they had to intellectualize. Well, when we serve Hashem, it's with all our senses. It's with our head. It's with our mouth. It's with our heart. It's a where it says, Bochen Kroyos Hulei, we'll say on Yom Kippur. Hashem searches the kidneys, the liver, like all the organs uh, uh, serve, serve Hashem. And, and, and that, that was lacking. But the goal was that if they go out to war and they'll see how hard it is to fight, to fight these wars, they'll, they'll realize that, that Hashem Yucham Bacham, and they'll return to Hashem and, and they'll do tshuva. Ultimately, it did happen. Uh, it lasted as long as it should have. And Amish Hashem, uh, hopefully we, we, could, we can learn that lesson and we could be so glad to Hashem completely and Hashem therefore should send the Kehula. Okay, thank you everyone for uh, joining us this week. Um, Mr. Sham, next week we'll start at 8.30, okay? Uh, 8.30 next week because uh, the, the, the Zmanim is getting earlier. Okay, so, so check, so don't forget that, not 8.40, 8.30 next week, okay? Um, so, and uh, I will continue with, uh, I, I, you know, it seems people are uh, coming, so we'll continue with uh, Certainly up till Rosh Hashanah, and then uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see after that. Okay. Take care. Have a good night.
Thank you, Rabbi.